The scripture reading today is Ephesians 4, 25 through 5, 2. And it'll be on the screen if you'd like to follow along. Rules for the new life. So then, putting away falsehood, let us all speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. Sometimes, without actually meaning to do it, I'm able to create a sermon series out of the common lectionary. Many years ago, more years than probably anyone can remember, a special council put together the common lectionary. Basically, what is done, it's broken up the Bible into a three-year cycle so that a pastor can preach the whole Bible within those three years. Each week, four scriptures are provided, a Hebrew text, a psalm, an epistle, and a gospel. I've been using the lectionary simply because it's one less thing that I have to decide throughout the week. I use the lectionary because in the twelfth week after Pentecost in year B, this is what is preached. There's nothing wrong with a pastor that uses a sermon series or even picks their own scripture to preach each Sunday. I use the lectionary because in a busy life it's important to utilize the resources one has at hand, and this is a resource that's at hand. And it just so happens that sometimes the spirit moves perfectly within that lectionary. And even though the same scripture is assigned for this week every three years, it comes around to be the perfect thing that sometimes we need to hear. With last week's epistles, epistle reading, and from this week's, a mini-series was created without even really trying. Last week, from Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, the focus was working together in order that the body of Christ could work within the world. The lesson that Paul wanted us to hear was that we are all God's children. We are all members of the body, led by the head, Jesus Christ. Last week, we learned that in order for the church, both big C and little c, to strive, we must remember to work together and accept each other so that the body can work correctly. 
Today's section in the fourth chapter of Ephesians places before us more instruction on how to interact with one another, and even with those we do not know, but encounter in our day-to-day. In today's scripture, the importance of our words comes through. We heard last week what actions we need to use as Christian people and as children of God. This week we hear that not only are our actions important in how we interact, but so are our words. I have a friend who is almost paralyzed with disbelief when you pay her a compliment. She grew up as the daughter of a prominent figure in the community, and she often felt as though people were only being kind to her in order to impress her parents that somehow her parents would remember that kindness of their children if ever their character came into question. She would also hear a lot of backhanded compliments at home. She would be told how beautiful she was, but that she would be even prettier if she wore her hair a certain way or wore makeup. She also struggled struggled with her weight quite a bit, and I remember hearing her mother say to her once, You're so beautiful, there's just too much of you. I and our other friends and even people we did not know very well would tell her how funny she was, how pretty, how smart, and how wonderful she was, and she never believed it. No matter how many kind things she heard about herself, the one thing that she remembered were the ones that were the negative ones. The ones that actually had an impact were the ones that tore her down. She was and is not alone in that problem. For whatever reason, most people are wired in such a way that it takes five compliments to build up what it takes one criticism to tear down. I remember a few few years ago, my aunt came to visit me. We went to the mall so she could spoil me, and I let her because, well, who doesn't like to be spoiled from time to time? We walked into Bath and Body Works, and she was picking out some scents, as was I. When I found one I liked, I picked up the body spray, and she said, get the lotion, too, and the soap if you want. I can't remember exactly how she brought up the next part, but she told me when she was 12 or 13, she was getting ready for a high school basketball game and put on some lotion and spray that were not of the same scent. She got to the gym and climbed the bleachers. Some older girls made a comment like, what's that smell? Naturally, my aunt assumed that the girls were talking about her. And from then on, she never wore two cents. And when Bath and Body Works came along, she always got matching lotions, soaps, and sprays. My aunt is in her 60s. For 50 years, something that teenage girls might not have even said towards her has stuck with her in such a way that she is still motivated by it. What we say to others can have consequences deeper than we could ever imagine. Each of these examples are fairly tame in what I could come up with in regard to the things that other humans say to and about one another. The children of God sometimes say the most horrendous things I've ever been able to come, I've never been able to come up with myself, and I have an imagination that can be pretty intense sometimes. What is worse is that the children of God are saying these horrible things about and to other children of God. Today's scripture tells us to put away falsehoods. It reminds us to only speak the truth to one another because we are, in fact, a part of one another. When you tear down someone else, we are tearing down ourselves, too. 
we are told to only use words that build up, that do not tear down. In a world where we are constantly being told what we are doing is wrong, in a world where our decisions are being held under a microscope for the slightest wrongdoing, let the words that we use as Christians, as children of God, be words that build up, that support and tell someone that they are loved, they are cherished, and that the mercy and grace of God is there for them. In a world that is so quick to judge, let us not judge with our actions and our words towards one another. There is a part in verse 26 that I find quite interesting. It says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Life is going to make us angry. People are going to say and do things that make us angry. We are going to misunderstand. We are going to misinterpret. We are going to miscommunicate. We are going to sometimes simply not agree. We are children of God, yes, but we are also humans, and we will sometimes get angry. But what we cannot do is allow that anger to cause us to sin. We cannot take the anger that we feel and be justified in sinning against God, against each other, or even ourselves. We cannot dictate what other people do with their feelings. We cannot control what others do with their lives, and I know for some of us that's a real bummer. What we can do, though, is keep our own selves in check. We can control how we react to certain situations. We can ask for clarification if someone says something that we feel might be against us. What we as Christians can do is not let the anger destroy what God has built up in us and through us. God, or excuse me, Paul goes on to say, put anger along with bitterness, wrath, wrangling, slander, and malice away. It has no place in the lives of the children of God, in the body of Christ. We must forgive each other as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. These negative words breed hate among us. They cause a divide that never heals, but only gets deeper and further apart. These words tear down what it takes years to build. The last part of today's scripture says to be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us. It is in this last part that often comes the true test, the true difficulty. We are so quick to judge and so quick to want to correct people that we cannot just let them be who they're going to be. We cannot see the good that they are doing for others because they rub us the wrong way. To imitate God is a tall order. It is actually something that we can only pretend to comprehend. But what we can do is extend grace and mercy to the people we encounter each day. We can approach a situation with understanding and with patience. The grace and mercy of God is something that, like compliments, can be hard to accept. They can be hard to believe that you're deserving of it. At least that's how I feel sometimes. But through the grace and mercy of God, we can learn not only to accept it, but also pay it forward to all of the children of God. We can build up those that have been torn down around us. 
as Christ loved us, so we must and shall love one another. Amen.